Women in Science, etc. Episode 1. I'm Wendy Graves. Before we dive into our first guest today, I want to thank all of the ladies who have joined our Facebook group and our LinkedIn page. I also would like to thank Graphic Sign Solutions for their support of this podcast. Ladies, I'm nervous. I'm nervous that my voice is squeaky, that my sentences didn't form well, that I may not have asked the right questions. But today's the day. Today we launch a podcast for women in signs. I'm so excited and I hope that each episode improves, each episode you take away something that made you laugh, something that you can apply in your daily life, whether you're a team member or an owner, whether you're a franchise or independent. We all have a story to tell on our journey as women in the sign industry. And I thank you for your support, and I'm excited to bring you our first guest. All right, so wise ladies, I'm so excited to um, bring to you our very first guest of the uh, Women in Signs, Etc. podcast, my dear friend, Dawn. Dawn, thank you so much for joining me today. So excited to be here. Thank you for the inaugural podcast invite live from New York. This is great. <laughs> That's great. That's like extra. You're right. So I'm so excited to have you on. Um, As my first guest, you know that I latched on to you pretty much from meeting you from the beginning. And you've taught me so much. So I'm just so thankful that A, for our friendship and B, to have you on as my very first guest. So I'm looking forward to um, having you participate in the group and help lead because you have so much experience. Uh, But what we're going to focus in today is kind of a rebound, rebounding. And that's our uh, conversation piece. But I want to start with, tell me about Dawn. Tell me about yourself and your store and years in business, all that good stuff. Sure. So again, I'm Dawn Bent. I have been a Signorama franchisee since 1988. We're in our 33rd year. Uh, my partner in the business is my younger brother, Michael. And we have an interesting synergistic relationship that we like to call peas and carrots. And uh, we balance each other out. Um, on a personal note, I have three boys. Uh, two are grown, one's still in high school. I'm very happily married. Love my leisure life and my time and my escapes in Florida and Disney World. Uh, my sign business has grown into a crazy animal, uh, I guess a wild animal over the course of time. Uh, we have about uh, 24,000 square feet of uh, full metal and electrical fabrication. Uh, we employ about 20 or so craftsmen and artisans. We're a little uh, short on staff right now. And as everybody knows, it's been a little tough hiring people. 
Um, so we've extended our deadlines a little bit and uh, are managing through that. Um, every day brings a new adventure, as anybody in this crazy business knows. And uh, well, here I am. Well, I know right now in this crazy workforce, it's really challenging to find people. So I know that that's something we're experiencing. And I'm sure all the ladies across the, our network are either managing as owners or as team members trying to pick up the ball. So I know that yeah. challenge very well, just like you. And uh, you said um, a little bit about the business. So you have fabrication, install, um, things like that. Is there anything with the location that you own that kind of sets you apart from others in the New York area? We're probably, uh, if not the largest, one of the largest uh, independently owned uh, kind of uh, sign businesses. There's a lot of union sign business in New York. Uh, we're on the larger side of non-union. Um, our niche has become uh, you know, very unique builds, architectural, the jewelry we say of the sign business. Um, and it's afforded us opportunities as New York City uh, master sign hangers to do a lot of really cool projects in the boroughs, uh, in addition to Long Island, where our shop is located. Okay, okay. Um, so let's dive right into just what do you do on a day to day basis? What's Don's primarily primary role? Uh, well, I change my hat at least six times a day. <laughs> uh, but essentially, uh, you know, it's the full gamut of operations and keeping the team flowing in a productive manner. Uh, you know, checking in on my uh, front office permits. How's that going? Fabrication. Where's deadlines? What do we need to do to get this finished on time? meeting with my uh, upfront design production staff, seeing what's going on in, in their workflow. So basically I guess I'm kind of the adhesive uh, that uh, zips everybody back together and makes us all sure that we're heading in the, the same uniform direction. And uh, you know, that requires quite a bit of time. Uh, beyond that, I'm doing the day-to-day um, operations with vendors and such. I do design work for my own special clients. I project manage multiple national accounts. Uh, so I'm communicating with those project managers across the country. Uh, so at various points during the day, I flip my hat on and off depending on, you know, what I need to be doing right now. Sure. And so when do you sleep? Ah, very early. <laughs> Eight o'clock at night and I get up at dawn. They name me the right reason. <laughs> I know, I know. And those of us in the Sinorama family, we're, we're very familiar with your dawn photos, which are always great for like the beautiful mornings. <laughs> so it, it, it matches your name. So that's good. That's right. Um, so we all know that 2020 was a very challenging year for small businesses with the um, pandemic. And then when you mentioned the longevity that you've been in the business, you guys have been through a lot, housing crisis and other things that have kind of come up to impact directly or not directly with your small business. Um, how do you rebound 
when you're kind of out of control, when you can't control, it's not something customer related, it's not something you can immediately solve. What does that look like for you tackling those struggles? Well, while you cannot control the external factors, you can control where you want to try and head the company into. For example, you know, so recently the pandemic, um, when we heard the state was closing, because New York was one of the first states to close down, we you know, immediately go into, all right, let's go into damage control mode. I got us named an essential business. Um, we started creating um, um, the acrylic shields that we use throughout the library systems and hospital systems and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Floor decals. We just started looking at what can we be doing with our infrastructure to work in this environment right now, right here. Didn't mean we were going to do it forever, but it meant it was going to pay the bills for the next few months. And it did. Um, same thing as we went through multiple recessions and we went through 9-11 and, you know, Desert Storm and Desert Shield, and the, you know, things change. Um, so you sort of have to be able to ebb and flow and kind of reinvent yourself sometimes. It's not that you're abandoning the core structure of your business, mm -hmm. but you're using all those uh, machines and, and employees and staff. And you got to start thinking out of the box, like put yourself in the shoes of those people that are out there. What do they need from me right now that I can help with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, don't you, and don't you find that time is of the essence? I mean, as a small business owner, when, like you said, the governor comes on and says, hey, we're shutting down the state. You have to be able to act fast and you have to be on your toes. 100%. That letter went out within like while the words were still coming out of his mouth. And because I, I figured they were going to get an influx. That's why I always like to strike while the iron's hot. Because once everybody else starts getting on the bandwagon, then the whole process gets super slow. Right. Now, do you find in looking back on some of the other trials throughout the years in business, even though this was a little different with the pandemic, do you find that's always been a a tackling a obstacle or rebounding from a situation is, you know, acting fast, being creative. Do you lean on your team for what can we do? What does that look like from other situations that you guys have survived? Yeah, well, I think all the things that you're saying are right. Um, you know, and it's, and it's not that what you throw up on the wall is going to always stick. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a risk involved. Um, but if you don't try, you'll never know. Right. So you have to try multiple things. And if one or two out of 10 or 12 are going to work for you, well, great. That's a score. So it's not you really can't just try and be like, oh, that didn't work out. So sit there with your hands in your lap. Uh, -uh. Now you got to say, OK, let's try something else. Where else can we be you know, heading? What market should we be looking at that maybe we've ignored mm -hmm. um, because it changes like if it is recession time contracting and construction and all that slows down you know because people who have a lot of money are the ones that are do those projects and i got to go more grassroots right um and those are the things you, you know you learn to do over the course of time right right and what kind of um positive takeaways have you found either personally or before your team when you guys reflect back you know okay we survived this you know is there anything that you sit back and think, you know what, we 
we did this right or I made that right decision that kind of fuels you moving forward? Well, the fact that we're still here is always good for a warm smile. That's for sure. You don't realize, you know, how much you, <laughs> how much you do and all right. that kind of stuff. Uh, but everybody likes to win, you know. So if you're still here and, you know, a year ago, a lot of people worried about that, you know, you won. Yeah. You won. And it can only get better from here. Right. I mean, for us right now, it's been incredibly busy. It's like a valve got turned on and everybody's kind of come out of hibernation and it's like, let's rock and roll. Let's get this back. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's a joyful kind of a team success uh, that we're all back together. And here we are right. planning the next steps. And I think a lot of small businesses, we actually take that for granted because like you said, you're in the mud and you're in the trenches and you're just trying to do what's right for your team members and for yourself because it's your, you know, your livelihood as well. And like you said, sometimes it's, wow, we're still here, you know, be thankful yeah. for. And it's okay to just right? sit back and enjoy it and do something to celebrate it. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge success. It could be just one thing that you accomplished that you didn't think you were capable of. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so when you look back over the different things, you know, you know, even obviously like you're so close with the 9-11 and then just with the housing crisis and then the pandemic, do you see anything in common with surviving those crises before? But, um, besides maybe just acting fast, is there anything that when you look back, you're like, wow, this kind of, they all had this in common? Well, the common denominator from our standpoint is that we had to change things up from the way we were doing them the day before that happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, when the things were tight with the recession, all of a sudden, wow, we really learned to run, run a very lean business. You know, we were shopping the heck out of every vendor because you kind of, when you're busy, you take it for granted. You're just ordering this, you're ordering that. I'm not checking a price. Just get me it. I need it. Right. But honestly, we should be doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are things, skills that we've learned is how to shop them, uh, for example, and, you know, beat them up if you have to and make them work for your business. Uh, so that's a takeaway that came from the, the recession time that we've carried to this day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think there's, there's always a learning opportunity to be had, and it just depends on the situation. Yeah. And then let's kind of switch to kind of the team member side. What do you think that your team members either shared with you or um, maybe you just witnessed during your trying time? I'm sure you've got some of the same team members over different experiences that you guys have been through. How do you think they view these situations? Do you as an owner feel angst from sometimes some of the team members? Um, or do you feel like that your leadership style and having your partner, Mike, that, you know, you guys are just trusted leaders to make good decisions. What do you get from your team when you're in these kind of situations? Um, I think they really look up to ownership for guidance and reassurance and confidence and that they're not in any kind of a peril uh, of losing their job and they want to have that security. And I think we need to be the leaders and, and reassure them of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's our job. That's our primary, one of our primary jobs is reassurance and not, oh, well, we just, 
you know, me in and whatever to the employees, absolutely inappropriate. Everything's great. It's always great. We're killing it. And we're glad you're here with us. And that's it. Yeah. And, and how do you motivate or have you noticed now since kind of things are ramping back up and things are starting to relax? Um, how did you motivate your team during that switch from manufacturing and doing very high custom jobs? And now maybe they're doing acrylic shields that, you know, it's pretty bland. You know, I mean, how did you keep your morale going during that stressful time? I mean, honestly, they're all grateful to be working. Everybody's been working. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of their friends and you know, family members and what have you at that point in time had lost employment mm -hmm. and they weren't. So they were happy to just be having a place to go and you know, everything was really the status quo, except we just happened to be making some different stuff for the next few months, mm -hmm. you know, and they did it and they did it. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They're so grateful that, you know, they came and, and they did. And we're grateful that, you know, they continue to, to support our, uh, us and our company. Well, and then um, over the years, I know your staff has changed. So I'm sure just like with most people started off with just a couple people and it grew every year. You know, what has that looked like as far as morale building as your team has grown throughout the years as well? Well, I've. About half the staff now is probably an average employment of about eight years with us right okay. now. So longevity has been is good. You know, um, a lot of uh, people tell us in the industry locally here in Long Island, New York, that we're somewhat sought after as an avenue where you could learn a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, and whether you stay with us and you move on or whatever it is, we love uh, mentoring. Mm -hmm the young people who come through and they have very limited skill set. And by the time a year or two passes, you know, they're, they're building signs. They're, they're making stuff with their hands. They're creating on the computer screen and get to see it come out and hang on a wall someplace. Uh, and for people who are into that, they love it. They love the opportunity. Uh, and we love training them into these other positions because honestly, we need staff. So it's up to us to continue to grow uh, and preferably from within, they're already here. So let's give them more skills and hone their skills. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so with the longevity of the business, as you and I know, and many others, obviously after this pandemic, it's probably gotten worse, but a lot of small businesses just don't make it, you know? first few years, um, five years, 10 years, the longer it goes on, it just, um, it doesn't work out. And I know just on a personal note, I think a few years in with me, I had texted you and said, hey, Don, when does it get easier? And I think you said the year of business that you were currently in. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's just one of those things that I think it's maybe a misnomer that it's going to get easier, you know, because with rebounding, with pandemics, with different crises out of our control, we can't, you know, we can't handle what's going to come and whether it's going to get easier or get harder, um, everything in between. So what would you say to that, let's say one to three year business? 
that you know is just coming off of, the, of a crisis. They just launched this business, but they somehow made it. What would you tell them that could maybe get them into that five, 10 years, 20 years that might, um, I don't know, give them a pep in their step that maybe it's not gonna be easier, but what would Don say? Personally, I think my advice to be to anybody who's fairly new into this business that you need to be a sponge and you need to learn various aspects and techniques and types and solutions to offer your clients the full array of branding um, opportunities. Um, I think it's imperative that we educate ourselves. I do still. Every single day, I'll try and find something about this business that I didn't necessarily know about, like how they build these electronic message centers and how, how do they go together? Because when a customer is calling me about an EMC, I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't necessarily need to build it in my back shop, but I want to be able to sound educated about it because if I sound educated about it, I could sell it. Right. Because when the customer is confident, they will open up their checkbook. If you come off like you're like wishy-washy and eh, we don't really kind of do that and blah, blah, in my opinion, the customer is just going to turn and find somebody who gives them confidence in making that purchase. Another mistake people make is they think that they have to sell on price. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. In three decades of doing this, that is not something that comes up, at least on large scale projects. They're not really shopping just price. They want capability. Mm -hmm. They want, you know, um, experience and somebody, again, who sounds like they know what they're doing. Uh, and these things are important. So you, you need to educate yourself. You need to learn different product solutions. Um, you can't sell one thing anymore. You can't even sell six things anymore. You got to sell a lot of things. Um, so you got to put all those tools in your tool bag and get out there and, and network with people. And then uh, let's say you're, let's say you're cruising. Let's say you're in the 10 to 20 year range, right? You think you're cruising along. How do you keep going? How do you not get complacent? You know, again, talking about rebound, talking about re-energizing your business or yourself as owners, because we can get down. How do you stay out of that rut of just kind of becoming comfortable? I mean, I guess you got to set personal goals for yourself, too. I, there are some people that are real happy just with the way things are, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but from the standpoint of not only business growth, but personal growth, uh, if you're interested in, in elevating that, um, I think you need to figure out new ways to create signage or promotion or branding or whatever it is that you can now go out and you know, sell to the clients, probably the clients you already have. I have found personally that a lot of clients, when they buy one or two type of something from you, they think that's all you do. Right. So I spend time doing you know, uh, education to the customer of, hey, you know, we do this. And hey, did you see that we're doing this now? Or you do an email blast and you can introduce, hey, this is a new product for the spring. Mm -hmm. um, because people just don't know like it, and there's nothing worse than you just sold somebody a, you sold somebody a banner or, or a banner stand or something and they have a new set of channel letters three months later and you're like wait wait didn't you like us 
Right. We loved you guys. You were great. We didn't know you did that. Like, so it's super important mm -hmm. that we continue to build the company by educating the customer. So now we got to educate ourselves in our infancy and now educate your customer as the growth goes on. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't, um, since this is the first launch of the podcast, a lot of people don't know all the behind the scenes that we have to do, but obviously we have a call and we had questions, but a lot of stuff comes up over the course of just this conversation that kind of makes me think. And so I just thought of a question um, and it is when Dawn retires, and goes to put her feet in the sand permanently. What do you want people to say about your ownership or time at Sinorama? And you're, you've achieved a lot. You're continuing to achieve a lot. Um, for all the listeners, there's a special event. I think it's on June 17th. I don't think we can say 100%. But June 17th, there's a big Women in Signs Awards, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil spoil the surprise. But there's a lot of things you've done that's been great. But what will you put your feet in the sand and think? You know what? This is what I'm most proud of. Oof. I like to think my legacy would be that I helped a lot of other people mm -hmm. along the way you know, both from the client standpoint to friends, other Sinorama family, um, and created the relationship part of this business is most cherished to me. Mm -hmm. All the people I've met along the way, and I would have never had that opportunity hadn't been for me getting involved with Sinorama. So I want people just to think highly of the fact that, hey, you know, I learned something from, uh, I got young guys now that own their own sign businesses that worked for me 25, 30 years ago. And they text me or they contact me through Facebook or I've had some people see the article in the signs of the times. And they're like, I just want you to know that because of you, I'm in this business and I'm having a great time and I can feed my family and I've learned so much. So it's those things. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess being a, a teacher mm -hmm. uh, is something that I've always sort of had in the back of my head. And this has been a way for me to, to touch onto that a bit. Uh, and the other side of it is we've done a lot with supporting the community. Mm -hmm. um, no, we, we give away a lot of stuff uh, and the, the good feels that come from all that, uh, you know, are just great. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's that side of it. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, the, the success of the business has been great. You can't take it with you. Yeah. Um, so the emotional side of it for me, and when we, as women, we're more emotional anyway. We want those, you know, pats on the head and all that. So that's the part of it I like the best. Well, I know I can thank you because I know you definitely poured into me. So that, my friend, is a great message. So thank we're you. going to end with some fun rapid fire questions that is more of the not sign related stuff. And I will say this had me in stitches, some of these answers. So we're going to I have share. to remember my answers. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
I don't remember them. <laughs> I'll give you some hints. So to uh, kind of just give the uh, personal side to the wise group. So when Dawn wanted to be, uh, when she was a little Dawn and she wanted to grow up, she wanted to put a hat on and be a cowgirl. Is that right? That's 100% correct. <laughs> Where did that come from? Explain. I've always had a thing for horses and I, I had dreams of having my own pony and rode, rodeoing and all this cool stuff. And um, actually, Sinorama had done a million dollar weekend out in Arizona at the Tank of Ranch. I had suggested it and Jim Tatum took us all out there and we had a rodeo. It was a legitimate gal race, the whole thing. All my dreams came true in that very moment. <laughs> You want to hang up the sign to become a cowgirl when you retire, maybe. 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 <laughs> and then I noticed that um, one of the questions was, if you were a book, what would the chapter of your life be called? And you said comfort zone. And I thought that was really interesting. Explain a little bit about what that means. Um, I, I guess it means getting out of your comfort zone, really. Okay. Um, and that's part of the whole learning new things about you know yourself, the business, your employees. You gotta sort of get out of your comfort zone a little bit to be able to experience growth. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I never thought of myself as a sign person, you know, and now I know how to make signs and channel letters and I can talk the talk with the guys in the back and you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, so that's really what that's about is getting out of that comfortable area and feeling a little uncomfortable sometimes because that will help you grow. Right. And then the final sneak peek into Dawn is what is the best and worst thing of being a female? And you said we feel everything. How does yes. that translate into this trade that we're in? What has been your experience? And especially, I thought that was really intriguing that you said that in the launch of this podcast and it being so focused um, on the group, you know, with the Facebook group and the LinkedIn group, that it is so focused on women in signs. And then the best and worst things can also be what separates us in this trade. Right. So, right. So, I think thoughts? we're. I think myself and a lot of the women like yourself and our other colleagues are super passionate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just passionate people. Uh, and that brings so much to any business really, mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's contagious, mm -hmm. you know, customers love it. You know, you get excited and all that. So I think that's a distinct advantage, uh, from my standpoint and conversely, uh, you know, you, you feel if somebody's negative towards you, you know, if they're, you know, pushing back or whatever. And it's hard sometimes not to get impassioned with, you know, a customer or who knows, a municipality or a zoning officer, and, you know, letting it rip. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes just taking that deep breath and sort of regrouping uh, helps give some clarity to it all. But there is definitely a good side to having that, too because uh, it, it gets you moving through the day, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Well, I, again, cannot thank you enough for being my very first, okay, let's do a celebration, Woo! very first um, podcast guest. And I just um, hope that all of the ladies, you know, will see that this is a relaxed conversation and they'll join in and uh, we can continue to spread the growth of the women in the industry and just make it stronger and more supportive. And like you said, take all of the things that you've offered today and apply it as either a team member or an owner, and then just sky's the limit for us. So sure enough, and kudos to you for like having this vision and, and wanting to get this out there. I mean, it takes a set. Excellent. A set. <laughs> Hey, my son says women in sides, right? <laughs> that a girl. That a girl. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we will close for the very first episode of Women in Signs. And I thank, thank you again, you. Dawn. Thanks for having me. Take Bye -bye. care.